What's happening? How is everyone doing with all of this lockdown business? I can't imagine how hard this has been for so many people out there. Think about the normal craziness that life throws you every day and then add a pandemic on top of it. I'm sure there is a lot of mental struggling going on out there, likely caused by financial struggling and the lack of community and comfort from friends and you know, being able to go out and have a drink and hug one another certainly doesn't help. Well, I tried to do an impromptu solo podcast last weekend and really wasn't pleased with the way it turned out, so I scrapped it. But there were a few things in there that I definitely wanted to keep, so I just revisited some of those and put all of this together for this episode. I have postponed three or four episodes since last month and... I'm not really wanting to keep doing just solo podcasts, especially on COVID, but I'm honestly a little anxious and hesitant to do a Zoom or Skype cast just yet. There are a few reasons why. Firstly, my internet service is kind of garbo. It's not very dependable, and I fear connection issues the entire time. I can't seem to upgrade my service because Frontier apparently isn't allowing technicians to come out for upgrades right now. I'd say the biggest reason for being hesitant is just the lack of face-to-face -face interaction. That's a huge benefit while having an honest conversation with someone. You get to experience their genuine reactions and feel their energy right in front of you instead of through distorted pixels and latency. But the more I think about it, and considering the lack of all of it for me right now, I think I'm just going to have to give it a shot. I'll see if I can get my BFF Brent Wiggins to do a Skype call and try to help me again. We did this once before. Maybe it was FaceTime, I can't remember. But I think the audio setup was way more complicated than it should be. And I just want to get this done properly, but somewhat easily as well. But moving on, I started this a month and a half ago and never did much with it, but I asked people on Facebook about a trait that they would like to change or improve in their life. The most popular answer was anxiety, then depression, then a negative or cynical mindset. I wish I could fix all of these for everyone, but perhaps I can at least help point someone in the right direction. I mean, that's initially what I was trying to do with that Facebook post. Noticing a negative trait or behavior can be very hard for some people, but if you are able to notice one or many things you wish could be different, or even if you're made aware by someone else just being brutally honest with you, you're still pointed in the right direction and somewhat have an obligation to improve. Within reason, of course. If someone calls you an asshole and you really don't think you're being an asshole, then maybe they're wrong insofar as you still feel that way for, say, the next 24 hours. But if you rethink a situation even just a few hours later and can already realize, maybe I could have handled that a little bit better or been a little bit more considerate. Then maybe they were actually right, and you should use this realization to improve future interactions and reactions. You still might not actually be an asshole, 
But you've learned two things here. First, the way you present yourself can come off like an asshole to some people. Second, you admittedly think that you could be a better person, which is why I say you now somewhat have an obligation to improve yourself. But I suppose it's the same as smoking cigarettes, drinking alcohol, or doing drugs. You know that you're harming yourself, but you continue to do it anyway. You eat shitty food, and you know you could do better. Those are more physically harmful things, though there is definitely a mental factor there as well. There's a certain mindset that needs to be unlocked to repair those things, though. Sometimes the path to receiving that certain mindset is quite a shitty one. Looking back, it took me getting divorced and being on my own for me to really start soul-searching and finding my true self. I had a lot of guidance and a lot of doors shown to me by my ex and her family, but true growth and internal healing didn't really start to happen until the end of our relationship. I'm very thankful for that transition into a much better frame of mind and overall existence, though it was a very painful several months to reset my mind. I met Chantel, my current wife, around the time that I was really settling into a new mindset, though meditation and a better grasp on mindfulness was still a few years down the road. After meeting her, I think I somewhat focused more on her and let my quote-unquote self coast for a little while. I eventually tried meditating and listening to podcasts about mindfulness, and it sparked a whole new interest in learning in general. And in writing this and thinking about all of this, I kind of envisioned some sort of a, an internal tree trunk. I'm going off script here and kind of riffing on this idea of a tree trunk inside of you. So imagine a normal tree trunk and we'll say a chain link fence that was put up right next to it. And over the years, the tree has kind of grown around it or grown into it. I'm sure you've seen objects in trees that the tree has grown around or someone has put in a tree or whatever. And I guess that's how I see experiences in life, where if you've had a, a death in the family or you got fired or whatever the case is, and it's damage to your trunk and you can let that damage eat away like a fungus of some sort or a group of termites or something and that damaged portion of your trunk might cause another growth. What I mean by that is when I got divorced, it was like the top half of my tree just got cut off. And it was very hard for me to grow at that point. I'm missing half of me. And it was a very terrible feeling. And, you know, in the moment, it's hard to look beyond what you can normally look beyond. It's hard to see what's going to happen five years down the road or how you're going to feel in the next five days at that point. But I eventually got over that feeling. And I guess when I really started trying to better myself and understand myself, I was trying to patch that wound from being cut off. And around that time, like I said, that's when I met Chantel. And, you know, she's pretty good with plants if you don't know. And maybe she helped me heal that wound in a better way and then also brought me some water. <laughs> so now I can concentrate on growing I, or she's helping me grow. Maybe that's what I was saying earlier as far as 
I focused more on her and making her happy because she just brought me a bunch of water and healed my wounds. I hope that made sense. I, I don't really, I don't have no idea what I just said. If you get what I'm trying to say, if I'm making this clear enough, some of these bad experiences, like I'm sure a lot of people are dealing with right now, could cause amazing growth somewhere else. And it, it, man, it might not. I don't know. I'm just being positive. And I would hope that other people, other people could be positive as well and think that. And that's where the whole internal tree idea came from is thinking about meditating and just the interest in learning, learning in general, like I said, I, I've never really been that way. And it's like when I got cut off, I started growing in different places that I didn't think that I was going to grow before. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't going to grow there before. And I guess what I'm trying to say is you could, you could be thankful for those things or be hopeful for those things whenever you're down or experiencing something shitty. I'm trying to convey the importance of noticing things that you can control when aware of them. It will change your life. I've said it many times here already, but if some of the things that get thrown at me these days got thrown at me 10 years ago, the difference in action and reaction would be night and day. I'm not trying to toot my horn or anything. It's just, it's merely an example for someone out there who thinks they can't change themselves at all. You have no idea what it was like in my head through my 20s. I don't remember most of it, but if I try hard enough, it's very foreign to me now. And I feel very bad for a lot of interactions and things that I, I could have done much differently. But, you know, what they say, hindsight is always twenty twenty. Either way, noticing that and knowing that can help you become a better person. You can see those shitty things that you did or said or whatever and move on from that and try to grow from that. Unless you were physically deprived of certain abilities in your brain, you can change. And it would behoove you and those you associate with for you to do so. Try and troubleshoot the things that you wish to improve or correct. Would it not be remotely interesting to try and figure out why those things occur and why you do the things you do and act the way you act? Don't you look at other people sometimes and see how crazy they are acting, you know, in some moment and you think, wow, what a fucking psychopath. But you know, you've had moments like that. Maybe you were just by yourself, but did you ever think about why, why did I just react that way? If not, you should. There's also so much of your upbringing that would have to come into play being that we were all much more impressionable in our earlier years. Most of us didn't have the same experiences as our peers when they went home from school or even if they went to school. We didn't have the same experiences with people in church and people associated with church. Some people have aunts and uncles that spoil them, while other people have relatives they haven't even talked to in years. Just saying that makes me want to comment on the obvious, which is we simply do not know what others are going through or what they have been through. But it is so easy to assume and judge in the blink of an eye. We can't help to see people with 80, 90, $100,000 vehicles and try to assume or guess their financial status or what their life is remotely like. You have no idea what that person's life is like. If they are a douchebag or if that was the first car they have ever been able to purchase and they splurged because they saved up for 10 years. Not likely, but like I said, you don't know. 
It could be the 20th car they've purchased. Banking on assumption is never good. And as far as changing your personality traits and behaviors, it's not going to happen overnight. It might not even happen in a few years. But they will never change if you don't actually try to make the change. Duh, right? Yeah. I'm sorry if that sounds preachy or like I'm scolding anyone directly. I, I most certainly don't mean it that way. I'm trying to push everyone, myself included, to try and exercise curiosity over stress and anger in unpleasant situations. In an anger situation, for example, you are immediately mad, you stay mad, then you get stressed out later about how mad you still are and how unimportant anything else is because you are mad! That versus immediately being mad, realizing how mad you are, genuinely being curious about why you are that mad and wondering if staying mad will benefit the situation in any way. I know. It's super easy to just say that. And it's super hard to do. It's very hard to do. And I think that's why so many people struggle with it. I'm just doing my best to spark that fire of curiosity. Have some self-realization. Spark self-motivation. Self-improvement. And with self-improvement... One of the biggest obstacles that we subconsciously set in front of ourselves is pride and the unwillingness to admit someone knows better than us and that we need help sometimes. I'm quite guilty of this and it's still something I struggle with almost daily. I'm able to do a much better job now of noticing what is happening and immediately rethinking my position if necessary. For example, when people are talking to me about going through difficult situations or having negative thoughts running around in their head a lot, I always ask about meditation. Now, people have said that to me over the last several years, and I would just shrug it off or think it wasn't for me or that I just wouldn't be able to do it for whatever reason. It's not that I closed it off completely or refused to do it. I just didn't have the motivation to look into it further and give it an honest shot. Once I did, though, everything changed. Everything. How much longer would I have been in miserable mental shape or constantly stressed or constantly staying angry or whatever other negative trait that mindfulness has helped me filter out? Through meditation, I found general mindfulness. Just simply being aware of the good and the bad and everything in between. You might not have to meditate all that much or you might not be very good at it, but whenever you truly grasp the concept of mindfulness and noticing and seeing things just a little bit differently around you, you will wish you had done it much sooner. And what I'm getting at here is the people that I've asked about meditation and mindfulness when they're going through difficult times, most of them aren't really into it or haven't really experienced it or seem somewhat curious but I can't say they follow through with it. And if you think I'm talking to you, I probably am not because <laughs> I'm just speaking in general. I don't know many people that have said, yeah, I mean, I'm still struggling, but yeah, I love meditating and I notice when I get upset and blah, blah, blah. And the reason why I think is because if you were into meditating and you were more aware of what's happening, you probably wouldn't be in such a bad mind space. And maybe that's me being naive, but I really think that's the case. And that's why I push for that so much. All right, I'm done with that. I'll leave you alone now. Something else I wanted to mention for curiosity's sake. It is crazy 
how one thought turns into another thought that inspires other thoughts, and then those thoughts can turn into action. And then those actions turn into an ongoing thing for decades after the fact. Imagine thinking one little thing one day, and then that thought grows into something else, into something else, and then you do something that affects people for 40 years afterwards, or more than 40 years. What I'm referring to here is an episode on a cold case podcast that I listen to every now and then. It's called Case File. And they were talking about the Tylenol murders in Chicago in the 1980s. It just made me think, one person coming up with an idea, whether they recruited people to help them or whatever, it was just one person coming up with an idea, likely without knowing the full intention of the original thought, but it still ended up killing people and ruining the lives of parents and family members of those that were killed. And 40 years after the fact, it still hasn't been solved. In the story, there was mention of copycats in other states that were tampering with capsules by putting in rat poison and hydrochloric acid and other shit like that. And people were putting needles in candy around Halloween as well. I think it takes a different type of person to kill someone and to kill someone point blank. Whereas putting poison in capsules and basically throwing it out there as some sort of death lottery for someone is a different type of person. For one thing... It is extremely cowardly. It grows genuine curiosity as to what the fuck was going on in a person's life that inspired those awful thoughts that inspired awful actions. How can you be sitting at home one night or in a bar one night or even high on meth one night and think about poisoning random people and then not only what type of life and thought inspires it, but what is the process of actually going through with it? Were there second thoughts in the midst of preparing these poison capsules? Is the person still alive now? Are they listening to this? Are they still thinking in the same fashion? Or have they since improved their life and regretted their mistakes? Or was it a complete failure as to what they were truly trying to accomplish and it wasn't just someone wanting to watch the world burn? We've all had crazy thoughts before. Maybe not thoughts of poisoning random people and killing children, but we've certainly had thoughts that we felt were foreign in our head and at least had the logic to dismiss them as crazy or whatever. It's just so interesting how the mind works and how it works differently for different people due to different environments and influences. I know that's not the happiest thing to leave you with, but that's kind of all I had written out for this episode. I just wanted to get something out there and say what's up to you guys. You know, what's up? What's happening? That's kind of what I was going for with the title was, uh, what's his face? Isn't it Lumberg? Lumberg from Office Space. What's happening? Yeah. Speaking of that, I need to do a Voices episode and I've neglected to do that and I'm an idiot. I'm sorry. I tried to do a little preview sample thing last week and did Optimus Prime reciting the Gettysburg Address. <laughs> I thought it was okay. Should I try it again? <clears throat> Let's see if I can handle that. <clears throat> handle that. Four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth on this continent a new nation. <clears throat> I don't want to say the whole thing. Now we are engaged in a great civil war. War. <laughs> 
That sounds like an Optimus Prime saying, Earth War. We are. (laughs) I don't know if that was good enough. All right, guys, I'm done. I hope everyone is doing as well as you can be for now. If you need anything, reach out and I'll see if I can help or find someone to help. I love you all. Goodbye. Rusty's Escape Pod. Rusty's Escape Pod.